Ah, that was soothing. You know, once again, I'm very uh, privileged to be in front of you this this morning. Um, you know, I always take this very seriously, and you know, I ask the Lord to to speak through me. You know, I heard a uh, analogy about a straw. You know, I just pray that I'm the straw in the drink that we're about to partake in. You know, the straw is just a simple tube that enables the person who's drinking the drink to get that drink from the glass and into their mouth. And I pray that I'm the straw that allows God's Word to go through me to you. Let us pray. Heavenly Father, Lord, we're very grateful once again that you have given us another day of life and another opportunity to hear what you have to say to us. And I pray, Lord, that it is you that speaks. Speak through me. May you use me to to touch people's lives, to encourage And Lord, as we go on with this life together, to just glorify you in the days you have given us. Lord, I'm very grateful to be here before you. And I pray you just block anything that could be distracting us that we can hear and listen to your precious voice. I ask this in your name. Amen. I have one question. I need some uh, a little audience participation. Who here, it's a complicated question, so pay attention. Who here is one year older than they were last year on this same date? That's a trick. That's, it's an obvious question. Right, we're all one year older today than we were last year on this date. I have a question. Any of us less than one year? You know, going back? You're going back. Okay, good. We got one. It's a miracle. You know, we're going to talk about that, you know, the passing of time. And I've titled this message, The Train of Time. And I'll explain that in a little bit. But the Hyde families and uh, Steve, Jen, and Sally, and Emily, we've all changed the chapter in our lives. You know, we know some folks who are living at Bethesda Care Facility. And that's, for, that's a place for folks who what I would like to call have lived a little. They need a little special care. It's a, it's a beautiful place. I'm very thankful for it. And Barbara's living there, Sally, and now Jeff Wilson. But not only that, we're starting to get to learn and meet some of the other residents that are there. And one of the things that has really stuck out with me when I started visiting and spending time there is I realized that time 
passes. We can't stop it. We can't slow it down. We can't pause it for a little while. And we definitely can't turn it back. It moves forward. You know, what do we do, though, with the passing of time? You know, I was up on a, uh, I was up on a roof. I do inspections, building inspections. And this uh, roofer, he was younger than I was and a little more energetic and a little more limber and, you know. So I get up on the roof and uh, it was a two-tiered roof. I had to climb up to the second tier as well, but there was no ladder. And I asked him, well, so how did you get up to the second tier? He goes, youth. <laughs> and I said, all right, dude. Time's going to go by on you, too. <laughs> and I was fueling up my vehicle at, a, uh, at our uh, city uh, fueling station. I was talking to a police officer who, once again, was younger than I. And we got to talking. What do we do? And I told him I'm a building inspector. And he goes, just be careful out there. Things are different. And here it comes. Things are different than in your day. All right. All right. So I guess it's true. The verdict is out. I'm getting older. But the thing is, is we're all getting older. Time passes by for everybody. No one's immune to it. The thing is, is we cannot ignore it, though, either. A lot of folks don't even want to talk about it. They would just as soon not even discuss it. But the thing is, with God, He handles those tough topics. And He gives us answers for those uncomfortable topics. And I prayed hard, long and hard on this topic. Because it is sensitive. People don't want to talk about it. But the thing is, is we have to face it. Because time does pass. Every day I see more and more of these white hairs in my face here. My knees hurt. My back hurts. My body can't do what it used to do. You know, my mind needs to be more focused. But you know, that's okay. That's all right. It's God's plan. God is in control. It's God's plan. You know, we're going to look at that. We're going to look, we're going to look. And what I like to focus in on looking up, looking within, and looking ahead. You know, the life of a Christian I just love it. I love the perspective that God gives to us. How he teaches us his ways. Because we can run from this topic and not talk about it until conclusion comes. Because time will end. It's inevitable. There's no stopping it. It will come to an end.
But you know, the interesting thing I, I, I read about is that the Christian life, we live with the possibility of death. Let me explain that. Because the Bible talks about a, a plan that God has. And it, in, it incorporates His Son, Jesus Christ, coming back to this earth again to take His children home. So we may not necessarily see death. But then again, we may. And that's a tough subject as these poor old bodies start to wear down. You know, we've experienced death, Mike and I and our family. You know, both of our parents passed away. Kathy's father passed away. And we know people have passed away. We all do. I was talking with Daphne, you know. I can, I can still vision Don coming through the doors, you know. And we had that conversation, so I'm comfortable talking about that. You know, and Kara, you know, folks have gone before us. You know, but our mother, I remember when our mother was uh, diagnosed with Alzheimer's disease, I uh, had this vision that we were on a, a train. And the train was full steam ahead. And the thing is, is that this train wasn't going to stop until it came to its destination. That was time. We got the news that our mother had Alzheimer's disease. So what does that tell us? Death is near. We couldn't slow it down as much as we wanted to, as much as we begged more time. We need more time. We want more time. But the thing is, is that the inevitable came and she passed. But what does the Bible say about time? It says a lot. You know, I'm going to go to the Ecclesiastes chapter 3. Solomon wrote this book. And it's a book of wisdom. And the amazing thing about the writer of this book, King Solomon, son of David, lived a very um, luxurious lifestyle. He had everything that the world could offer. Money, position, and power. But one thing he had was God-given wisdom. God-given wisdom. You know, and just to, just to touch on that, he was so wise that other kings came around and, and, and wanted to hear what he had to say. You know, in Second Chronicles chapter 9, verse 23, it says, And all the kings of the earth were seeking the presence of Solomon to hear his wisdom, which God had put in his heart. You know, Solomon's life didn't necessarily correlate with his wisdom. He had issues, but we'll talk about that maybe another time. But what I'd like to talk about is the wisdom that he put in the Bible for us to read. He was a man who made observations. And he was also what, what I came across as an experimentalist of life. 
He sought out everything in this world for our benefit. He wanted to, he, he was a great builder. He had power. He had money. He had it all. And he documented his conclusions for us. And the thing about passing of time, it gives us an opportunity to look back at what God has done in our lives. And we could start drawing conclusions and and seeing the hand of God at work in our lives. And he builds up a track record. He builds up a history with us that we can look back on. If we got another difficult situation coming our way, we could look back and say, hey, God, you, you got me out of this one. You got me out of that one. You guided me through this one. You'll get me through this. That brings peace to our lives. We don't have to look at the passing of time afraid. We don't have to be paranoid. Well, I can't go out these doors. I can't get in my car. We can't live life crippled. But God gives us the power and the peace that only he can give that we can be okay with it. So first off, in Ecclesiastes chapter 3, he begins with the order of life. And I'm not going to read all the 14 verses or the 14 statements that lead, but it talks about a cycle of life. I'll let you folks read that on your own. I'm going to, uh, we're going to talk about verse 1, 2, and then 9 through the end of the chapter. In verse 1 it says of Ecclesiastes, There is an appointed time for everything, and there is a time for every event under heaven. Solomon used interesting words like vanity. Vanity is an interesting word. It basically talks about what's left over is nothing. And it doesn't satisfy. You know, visual definition is, I used to, I love blowing bubbles with my grandkids. And they chase them around and they pop. What's left when a bubble pops? Nothing. That's kind of a visual sense of vanity. There's nothing left. It's empty. But he also uses a term like under heaven or under the sun. S-U-N. Under the sun. Basically, it's, it's life from a human perspective. From man's perspective. See, we could, we could, we could walk through this life with man's perspective or with God's perspective on life? Which do you think would be better? God's perspective. Because he sees things beyond what we can see. He can see things beyond what we can figure out. Mankind has a, has a desire to figure everything out. What is the explanation for this? Why does this happen? Christians live by faith in the promise of God. We don't necessarily need to have the explanation for everything. How do you think that life is if we've got to figure everything out? Frustrated? Disappointment? Agony? 
Now, if we look at life through God's point of view, what do we see? He's in control. He knows better than we do. He has a plan for each one of our lives. You know, scientists over the years have tried to make mankind and animals the same. We're just another animal. Well, we're not just another animal. We may end our life similar where we return to dust. But our spirit goes before God. You know, we could write the history of a bee in a book. The history of bee. You know, the honeybee that buzzes around. But we can't write the history of man. Because there's individuals in here. We're all unique. And God made us in his own, cre- in his own likeness. But we're all unique. We all have a story to tell. We can all write a, an autobiography about our lives. And it'd be individual lives. So Ecclesiastes chapter 3 gives us a cycle of life. Verse 2, it says, a time to give birth and a time to die. So we have a beginning and we have an end. We basically come into this world kind of the same way. For the most part. But it's that end. We all have different stories. We can't predict it. We can't extend it. You know, mankind wants to extend life. Live longer, live longer, live longer. That's hard. It's difficult. But you still come to a conclusion. And that's what I'm talking about is the destination, is the conclusion. Let's jump to verse 9. Solomon says, What profit is there to the worker from that which, from that in which he toils? What profit? What's a profit? Well, it's opposite of vanity. It's what's left over. What's the profit? The question here, is life worth it? Is all this toil, is all this struggle, is all this labor, is all this work worth it? There's a lot of folks who cash out early on their own. Ed and I have a mutual friend who did that not too long ago. Took his own life. He just said, I can't do this. That's sad. Verse 10. I have seen the tasks which God has given the sons of men with which to occupy themselves. Again, man tries to figure things out. You know, life's a little, can be strange. It, it is. You know, if you, you think about it. You know, we, we work, we work, we do, we do. We move forward. But it's a gift from God. It's what God wants us to do. What do you do when you, when you receive a gift? You say, thank you. Think about living life 
with gratitude every day. Being thankful, not just on the end of November, but thankful for everything. Having gratitude in your heart. You know, we're good at complaining. I don't have this. I need this. Boy, this hurts. Oh my, here it comes. You know. And Solomon, he was kind of a downer too. You know, he would he would go through his life and all his experiments and and all his all his things and and come to the end and just said life is vanity. It's all vanity. It's all worthless. Under the sun though. Under the sun. Verse 11. He has made everything appropriate in its time. Well, here we go. He. Who's he? God. Has made everything appropriate in his time. He's in control. He has also set eternity in their heart. You know, even before I became a Christian, I had the thought of eternity. Well, what happens after we leave this earth? What happens? Mankind has been perplexed by three questions. Where did we come from? Why are we here? And where are we going? They can't figure it out. But God has the answers. He's got the plan. And He said eternity on our heart. And if we have eternity on our heart, the things of this world, they just don't quite make sense. And they don't quite satisfy that that longing and that desire in our heart that is eternal. It's like fitting a square peg into a round hole. It's just not going to fit. Not even if you get the hammer and pound it in. It's just not going to fit right. We have a desire in our heart for eternal things. And the world just can't fulfill it. And then it continues, yet so that man may will not find out the work which God has done from the beginning even to the end. You know, God has a lot more in store than just what we see here on this earth. His plan is ginormous. And it's beyond what we could comprehend. And you know what? Okay, God, I'll trust you on that. Some things we just got to let go and say, okay, God, thank you. And quit trying to figure everything out and just trust him. Our whole life is, is built on trust. I'm trusting the carpenters that built this stage, that it was built correctly because I know how it was built or how it's supposed to be built. Well, so far it's working out pretty good. It's holding me up. I'm not falling through the floor. God is in control. Verse 12. I know that there is nothing better for them than to rejoice and do good in one's lifetime. Moreover, that every man who eats and drinks and sees good in all his labor, it is a gift of God. It is a gift of God. Thank you, Lord. Thank you for everything. 
Verse 14, I know that everything God does will remain forever. And isn't that true? What God has done will remain forever. Forever. That's a long time. Again, that just goes beyond what I can comprehend is forever. There's nothing to add to it and there's nothing to take away from it. For God has so worked that men should fear him. You know, this is always an interesting word is fear him when we talk about God. We're to respect God. Not to be afraid of him. We're to respect him. Verse 15. That which has been already and that which will be has already been. For God seeks what has passed by. We have to give an account for our lives. You know that? Why did we live our lives the way we lived it? What were we thinking? God sees everything. In everything. He sees why we did things. He sees our motives. He sees our intentions. We can't hide from God. We just can't. And you know what? I think, I think that's good for us though. Because we drift. You know, mankind has a, has a way about him to just do his own thing. You know, we need to be held accountable. We need it. In verse 16 it says, Furthermore, I have seen under the sun, S-U-N, that in the place of justice there is wickedness, and the place of righteousness there is wickedness. You know, time can swiftly get away from us. You know, I'm going to be 53 years old this year. Man, I can't believe it. You know, a while back, Brad was and I was uh, talking, just shooting the breeze. And, and Brad, being Brad, with his, you know, being so clever, he says, you know, Jim, man, we've just moved up the life seniority list. We're now being called grandpa and our wives are being called grandma. And our parents are no longer living. What does that mean? We're next. <laughs> Sound familiar? I, I told him I was going to use something that he said, so he, he had it coming. But it's true. Life goes by. We shouldn't be afraid of it. We should embrace it. We should embrace it. Because we see what God has done in our past. And he gives us confidence for the future. He's proven himself. Not that he needs to prove himself, but we as men and people, we only think with our mind. Which is limited. God gives us the ability to see things through his perspective. In verse 18, I said to myself concerning the sons of man, God has surely tested them. Tested them. We have to live through life and, 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 and the experiences. And we're tested. We're tested to see where we're at. We're tested to see what, we're, what we know. We're tested 
And, and what is that testing? You know, my uh, Kayla has this toy in our sandbox and it's a sifter. You know, we put the sand in it and it sifts out the rocks and the leaves and the branches and it cleans sand. All these experiences that we have here in this life, they show us who we are. Truly. And where do we stand with God? Do we leave him out? Or do we include him? So he talks about life under the sun. Do we look above the sun? Do we look into the heavens for our life? And what is influencing our life? Because we are being influenced. Man has really generated that in a billion dollar business is influence. What makes us happy? You've got to have this. You know, you got to have a Lexus with a big red bow at Christmas time. Anybody know anyone who's even given or gotten a Lexus with a big red bow for Christmas? But it looks good, doesn't it? Verse 19. For the fate of the sons of men and the fate of beasts are the same. These physical bodies will fade. But the thing is, we have hope. We have hope. We don't need to look at that and say it's over. We have something a lot better waiting for us in heaven. We have a new body. We have a place to live. We have We have our Savior. We have the one who made it possible. What would you think? And I'm sure you probably most of you have thought about it when you see those hands. Face to face. And you see those scars. And he did that for you. And he did that for me. So how can we just look at this, these times here on this earth and say that's it? We have an eternal perspective. We have heaven waiting for us. Time is running fast. You know, it's interesting. You know, we want to try to end this at a certain time. You know, and I search and I search and I search and you get all this material and you get, I just want to, all this, and then you got to weed it out. you got to thin it down because there's so much to share about God. But time is flying. That big hand, when you're up here, it's amazing. It just almost goes 12 to 1230 instantly. It goes by quick. But time does that. It moves swiftly. So that's why it's important that we get ourselves in the right perspective. That we make that decision before it's too late to accept Jesus Christ into your heart and realize that he paid the price for your sin. And come to that realization in your heart and in your lives that there's something more than just my time here on this earth. Because it's 70, 80, 90 years Hundred years tops. 
And then what? So there's a conclusion. Ecclesiastes chapter 12, verse 13 and 14. Fear God and keep his commandments. Because this applies to every person. Respect God and keep his commandments. Live a life doing what he asks you to do. Because he loves us. Kayla, don't touch that hot stove. I'll touch it if I want to. Don't touch it. It'll hurt you. God says, don't touch it. It'll hurt you. Because this applies to every person. Every person. Everyone. Verse 14, for God will bring every, every act to judgment. Every act. Man, there's no gray area in any of this so far. Everything which is hidden, whether it is good or evil. I'd like to read a poem really brief. God holds the key of all unknown, and I am glad. If other hands should hold the key, or if he trusted it to me, I might be sad. I cannot read his future plans, but this I know. I have the smiling of his face and all the refuge of his grace while here below. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we're very grateful for this time that you have given us to look into your word, to see what you have to say about the passing of time. Lord, it is a gift from you. We're to enjoy it as a gift. We're to be thankful. And Lord, as we go away out into this world, May this message just continue to stir in our hearts. May it bring about a change if a change is needed. May it bring about encouragement if encouragement is needed. And Lord, you have given us a great hope. Not a wish, but a hope. Of what we have waiting for us in heaven with you. And Lord, we just pray as we go out into this world, may we just reflect your love to the people around us. And may we be an example of this great hope. Lord, we just love you. We thank you for your great plan of salvation, for your precious word. May it speak to our hearts. We love you and praise you in your name. Amen.